0: This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The voice of the Atlantic Coast Conference, the only reason the ACC turns a profit. And if Florida State stays, it'll be because West Durham is the voice of the league.
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, it won't. Don't even start. Not, not, no, please do not start with that on that particular topic. No, we're going to
0: we're getting right into Florida State. We're not even going to get into the lawsuits flying around between the ACC and FSU, uh, or the the delicious irony that Mike Norvell might be a candidate at Alabama and might be out the door, and this whole thing could wait, fall apart.
1: They've already gotten suspended for NIL stuff. Like,
0: that's where I, I, I want to start. Get, okay, as as litigious as Florida State is yeah, they could have fought this with the NCAA because the entire world of college football operates exactly as Florida State did, but they basically said okay and negotiated their own punishment because that's the yeah. only way the NCAA can do this now based on uh, court decisions. Why did they do this? Why didn't are they do they did they run out of attorneys in Tallahassee?
1: Or money. I'm sorry, did I say that? <laughs> I apologize. Um, I couldn't you, – you walked me right to it. I couldn't not say it. That's right. fine. Um, That's good. I – look, I don't know. And, I, again, especially when it's your offensive coordinator and it's three games and, oh, by the way, the first game's a conference game in Ireland. Right. <laughs> Just saying. Um I, I don't know. I don't know because this is not, you know, Jeremy Pruitt putting money in the McDonald's bag, right? Not Jim Harbaugh and cheeseburgers. You know, this is this is just what everybody has been doing. Now, the irony of Florida State in the midst of all the other things that they're doing, and then this happening, and I, I don't know that you've encountered many. You probably have some. I can't do a show and talk about the college football playoff for instance, and say I thought both semifinal games were as good as the CFP has delivered in 10 years Yeah. without having a Florida State fan in my mention saying, why are you throwing shade at us? I'm not throwing shade at you. I wish you were in the college football playoff. Yeah. And, and by me saying those games were great games, not, I'm not indicting Florida State for not being there. I wish Florida State had been there. I think the Washington – uh, Texas game, or the Washington Florida State game, or the Texas Florida State game would have been a terrific game. Yeah, I think the Michigan Florida State game would have been a good game. It would have been unbelievable to watch that defense play against Michigan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, in other words, I, I'm I'm very disappointed in the College Football Playoff Committee on all levels. I don't think it was the right thing to do in the last year of the 14 format. But to answer your question, anytime I say something about the college football <laughs> playoff, Florida State fans, and I get it, you're you're anxious, you're you know, your school is making decisions and proclamations on things about going places and they don't know. I mean, right. you're as close to the Big Ten as you are the Southland at this point. <laughs> you know? And I, I just and I'm not saying that to be derogatory in any stretch of the imagination, but you, you are conducting a lawsuit against your own league over things in a document you signed twice. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, to be honest with you, Adam, I'm out of, I don't know that I have answers. Right. right. And I don't have answers for non-Florida. I don't, I don't have answers for Clemson fans. I don't have answers for, you know, NC state and Carolina fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, We're in this weird time. It's interesting. I talked to a head football coach outside the ACC um, last night on the heels of Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and Pete (laughs) Carroll. And and this is a head football coach who's kind of had some success and things like that and basically said to me, see, the old guys have said we're not going to do this anymore. And I said, well, wait, the one guy is Nick Saban. He goes, yeah, but Belichick – You know, Belichick and Kraft, they kind of had their run. It was unbelievable. He said, but Pete Carroll had his run. He's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. He said, but when you look at Nick Saban and you take Nick Saban, Jay Wright, Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, and and look, the landscape may not have been the driving force in any of these decisions, but it certainly was a percentage of the decision. Sure. And at the end of the day, when Nick Saban tells Reese Davis, you know, my age was coming into question and things of that nature. We've heard that before, haven't we? Yeah. It's always part of the decision to protect the legacy of the program you built, but the part for me is, yeah, that landscape's still out there too, Coach. Yeah, and I think I think we're not going to see the likes of Nick Saban at that level in the college game. It'll I think it'll be very difficult to replicate under the current circumstances, for sure. But all that being said, for you about Florida State, the irony of them being you know suspended or penalized by the NCAA or something that 75 or 80 other schools are doing is hilarious.
0: <laughs> West Durham is joining us here. Here's what's interesting. I started out and I did this last week because we had the semifinals the previous week. Right. So sure. when we came back to work, which was a Tuesday. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, right. Last Tuesday. Um, when we finally, uh, you know, got over our, uh, our break and our illnesses, um, the, the, I started the show with two things can be true at the same time. We had two great, dramatic semifinal games. I don't know about if they were great football, but it was dramatic. I mean, Mm -hmm. Washington, Texas was more entertaining than Michigan, Alabama, but they were both dramatic games. But at the same time, we can all admit that the committee was derelict in their duty in excluding Florida State. Florida State could have been every bit as offensively punchless as Alabama and Michigan were in that game. And we get caught up in who we think when that, who we think should never be part of the equation for that. And we're going to have this going forward too. who we think it should be based on what did you do? Because that's the only way we can know for sure data that what we have seen on the field and for some reason, they made the decision based on a third-string quarterback who was never going to play in the game, and I, I can't believe I'm I'm going back through this whole thing again. Um, and what really bothers me is that Boo Corrigan of NC State will not take questions about this. He will not talk about it at all. Uh, and there, I mean, he's the only one that can speak for the College Football Playoff Committee. And it, well, it, and that's it,
1: that's the other part of this, A.G. It bothers me. It does, and it bothers me too. And you, you know, and and you know this about Boo and our friends. And I have, you know, we've been friends. Are basically connected in some form or right. another. Our entire lives by our families, right? Yeah. And you know, I, I think the world of the guy, but in this particular case, I understand why he's not talking. Oh, I get it too. I but but here's the bigger problem: the college football playoff committee and its new iteration next year has lost the ability to be um, behind cloak and dagger. They are now transparent. They have to be transparent. And the American sporting public's not going to stand for not being transparent because you cost yourselves all the, you know, secret balloting and all the things that, you know, they accomplished during those processes. You know, you've either got to do one of two things. You have to tell the AP poll you're out of business mm. For the first time since 1939, or you have to be willing to be transparent. And do you know why? Because the other polls are transparent at the end. Right. And you get to see how everybody voted at the end. That's right. And that's exactly what the College Football Playoff Committee has to handle. Now, I'm going to fault. Look, I have unbelievable respect for Bill Hancock and the work he's Mm -hmm. done in college athletics, and I know he's retiring at the end of the year. He shouldn't have let them go out the door like this. He shouldn't have gone out the door like this. I like Bill. He's a wonderful man. Yep. He has a lovely family. They've had some heartbreak in their lives, and I respect that more than anybody else, that he's continued to pursue excellence in college athletics. You cannot end it like that. It doesn't work that way. You have to be able to give more than just the, hey, you know, we went with the four best, not the four, the four playing the best, maybe not the best four, right? Whatever the wording you want to use. And what it does is it creates muck for the college football playoff going to the 12 team field. And that's not, and that's going to make it difficult because here's what they didn't tell you. Had they gone under the rules and the landscape and the affiliations next year, do you know who the fourth seed would have been? Florida State would have been in. We know that, right? Right. Michigan would have been in, and Washington would have been in, right? Right. Do you know who the fourth team would have been?
0: Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Taruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Um, would it have been Florida State?
1: No. Florida State's in. Florida State would have been in. Right. Michigan would have been in. Washington would have been in. Right? They were all undefeated champions of their particular league. Correct? Right. The fourth team would have been Arizona. <laughs> that would have been the automatic bid. Okay? They would have been the fourth seed in next year. They would have had a bot, Arizona. Right? <laughs> so So take that and go, okay, how about Alabama who won the SEC with one loss? Okay, but what, wait a second. How's Alabama going to be in it? Okay, yeah, well, let me tell you how Alabama's going to be in it because Arizona would have gotten that four seed. And and that's what I'm saying here. We've got these – the 12-team format is not going to be nirvana, okay? It's no. not. And people, people are like, we've got to get to 12. Okay, well, I heard we had to go from two to four. We went from two to four, and for nine years – we only had two or three years of teeth gnashing, right? Well, get ready, because now we're going to go to 12. Oh, yeah. And 12 is going to open a door that uh, people are not going to suspect. Even the smartest people following college football don't know how that's going to work, and it's going to happen. So get ready. Oh, yeah, here's what –
0: because I talked about this yesterday. like sure. And the um, – and I've actually I've talked about it a lot. Every time we expand – all we're doing is moving the line around which we will argue. And every time you move the line, you you expand the field, you actually increase the number of teams that have an argument to that last spot Both or last two spots. We, right. we we talk about this with the NCAA tournament in, in men's basketball all the time. That mm-hmm. it's now there's like seven teams fighting for one spot in the play in game, you know, in right. the in the first four and now we're going to have five or six teams that can all make credible cases why they should have the right to, I don't know, go to Notre Dame and get pum- pummeled, right?
1: Right. So, well, and, and to me, the, the part about this is we have treated the college football playoff, and again, I'll go back to Bill Hancock and his experiences with the NCAA Men's Basketball Committee, right? He was the executive director of the yeah. NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. That's where Bill made his legacy, if you will, Mm -hmm. at least early on, then the CFP and the BCS would be the the second part of his career. And again, that's a wonderful contribution to college athletics in this country, but you can't treat the college football playoff committee like the men's basketball committee. And that's what we did. Right. We did it for 10 years. And at the end, we thought we could use the, you know, rules and regulations, parliamentary procedure of the men's basketball committee to get away with leaving Florida state out. Guess what? It didn't work. Did not work. No, it was it, it was
0: ugly. To, they should have left Alabama. No offense to Alabama, and no offense to Nick Saban, who retired. The if it should have been a debate, who gets the last spot: Texas or Alabama? That's an right. easy one. Texas won at Alabama. We sure. apologize to the Southeastern Conference in the last year of the four-team event. You don't have a you don't have a team in.
1: Yeah, sorry, but guess what? At the end of the day, those actions by that committee are now going to be reflected in the changes of the new committee of which Bill Hancock will not be involved in. So I guess my short version of a long, drawn-out answer here is that you can no longer have men's basketball tournament committee behaviors in the college football playoff world. We got away with it for ten years, nine years. Right. It caught us on the last, and now you have to change kind of your process. I'm not saying you got to change the way you get to it, but you have to change how much you open the curtain to the American sporting public because the one thing you want is you want people to understand the process so you don't have to spend all your breath and all your oxygen on answering why certain things didn't
0: happen. Yeah, especially when you can't give credible answers to any of the questions, and that was the last part of that uh, that right. whole equation is that there were zero good answers. Uh, we asked the question, you know, "Who would you not want to play?" I'm like, "No, you, that's not a question that is asked." We have to stop the silliness. West Durham is right. joining us here. Uh, you know, uh, I know you've got Miami and Virginia Tech. I don't think we're going to have time for that, except maybe you have an answer as to how possibly Miami could have lost at home to Louisville in the middle of the right. week.
1: I don't have that answer. Oh my! I don't. And I, I watched the game. I watched the game, and I still don't know.
0: I, I absolutely cannot believe that. But let me ask you this, uh, because I know you had Duke Pitt, and Mm -hmm. uh, and that was cool. You had your uh, what uh, Jim Beheim, the rookie, and (laughs) Corey Alexander with you. Yeah, Um, it was fun. If Kyle Filipowski is that, how does Duke get beat?
1: Oh, look, I think it's, I think it's Kyle Filipowski, but I also think too, there's something to learn from the Notre Dame game where Mark Mitchell had another career high and Kyle Filipowski had seven points. Yeah. I, I think Duke's collective effort now is a lot different than when I saw them earlier in the campaign against LaSalle. Um, I think it's different than when they lost Georgia Tech that next weekend. I think it's different than, you know, when they lost Arizona. I, I, I think Baylor is their new, their corner turn if you want to know the okay. truth. I think the win against Baylor in New York helped them turn a corner. Now, is it going to be you know smooth sailing the rest of the way? Absolutely not. Um, I think they're going to – and I'll be back in Durham uh, next Saturday night for the, the rematch against Pitt 12 days after the first one. <laughs> um, but what I'm interested in seeing from Duke is the maturation, the reemergence of Tyrese Proctor, because I thought when he got hurt, he was going to have a great sophomore campaign. Still think he'll have a good one. Uh, like Roach's leadership, like where they are defensively, but they took the the John Shire uh, you know creed the other day. Let's go play cocky, not cocky in a bad way, but cocky in a confident, mm-hmm. capable way. And I thought we saw that the other night from Duke. And oh, by the way, when Blake Henson stands in the logo to knock down his first shot of the ball game, <laughs> and that's the highlight of the have for Pitt. That's a problem. Yeah. And so I, w- I would say this: I, I think Duke is. Is pushed itself up into the discussion of top three teams in the ACC probably for the remainder of the regular season. Question is, besides Carolina, who looked great the other night too and has looked good at wins at Pitt and certainly against State, how will Carolina and Duke, who else will they let into the pool? That's our question. Is it going to be Miami? Is it going to be Clemson? Hey, by the way, Forbes and Wake Forest pretty good yeah, right now. Yeah, they are. Is it going to be NC State, who I think is talented? I agree I with you. I, I do not lose cause for what Kevin Keats has in those 40 minutes the other night against Carolina. I know that game is two and a half of what everybody else is, but you follow me on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think that I think you've got to take this to be a bigger, it's a bigger picture of 20 games than just the one night in Raleigh or the one day when they play in Chapel Hill later in the
0: year. Let me ask you one quick question before we have to say goodbye to West Durham, voice of the Atlantic Coast Conference. He is the reason we turn a profit uh, and distribute so much incredible wealth to to all schools, even though Florida State wants out. Um, And he's got Miami (laughs) at Virginia Tech at 7 o'clock tomorrow. Um, When was the last time, I can't close my eyes and remember, the last time a North Carolina team looks to me like it is based entirely on defense because I thought their defense Mm. really, really shut NC State down. I think what it did was it made them panic offensively because there were opportunities for State, but they were just in a constant state of rush, especially in the first 10, 12 minutes of the second half, Uh, and they just never got their legs after that. Uh, But I love this North Carolina's team defensively.
1: It's a really good question, and I'm going to give all the credit to this on twofold. One, I'll give it to Hubert Davis for understanding kind of how his Carolina basketball team is evolving. Right. Mm-hmm. And the second part is I'll give it again to Hubert Davis. They went and got the right guys in the portal. Yeah, they went and got the right guys. I mean, 55 is the real deal. Yeah. By the way, and he's got a couple of years left. I mean, he's just not a one and done guy. But I also think this too. Armando Baycott is an important part of what Carolina does. So is R.J. Davis. Yeah, But you can't get over how important Ingram, Cormac, Ryan, even the minutes he's getting Jalen Withers, Seth Trembles' evolution as a sophomore, Elliot Cadeau. I just think Carolina's in a really good place right now. Now, I think they're also smart enough, and I think this is where Duke is smart too, that they can't get ahead of themselves. they they got to keep the ball in front of them, so to speak. And I think that's the... That's kind of their challenge. I'm going to get to see them next Wednesday night. In fact, I've got a double, well, triple header, if you want to call it, a Tuesday State, Wednesday Chapel Hill, Saturday Duke uh, next week on our calendar. So I'm excited to be up there to kind of see those teams back-to-back and then uh, kind of measure it as we move through January with all three of them. I I think all three are really, really good basketball teams, but clearly Duke and Carolina have, have kind of emerged here in the last couple weeks.
0: Need a place to stay? (laughs) <laughs> no,
1: I think I'm, I think I'm on uh, I think I'm on the Mickey Mouse dime so it's all good but I appreciate the uh, the kind offer. I'm looking forward to uh, the Tall Virginian and I will ah. be there for all three. We got Dan Bonner and I know state fans will be excited to see Dan Bonner. It's because, the tour. Well, it's yeah. oh my gosh and that man, is so great. That is so the great. The Tall Virginian and I will take you back to the days of sail with a pilot. You know, that kind of thing. And maybe we'll run a food line commercial with Tom Smith in there. Sometime.
0: That would be very nice. Enjoy the castle tomorrow night, and we'll, I'll talk to you very soon. That's
1: West Durham away.